I'm Adam Hergenrother, and this is Business Meets Spirit Chatter. We believe in personal growth through business success or through life success. Today, we're actually going to talk um, uh, about a topic that I think is really relevant right now, which has to do with, you know, you can use the word optimization or efficiency of your business. Um, and I think it's, uh, so we're going to hang out on that front a little bit today because it is 200% life. So you do have this, this business that you're running or a job that you're doing or a division that you're leading. And I think one of the things that has happened in uh, really in, in 2021 and in 2020, a little bit towards the end, 2021 and into a little bit of 2022, is that um, at least I can speak from our experience when I start thinking about the lessons of 2022. One of them is kind of how lazy I got, um, or how lazy, like, I don't mean lazy in terms of like, you're like, doing I think things. you're lazy. Well, no, this is what I mean. Like, you just, what happens is, is when you can, when you, when you start, uh, when, when, and any, most businesses, there may be in a few out there, but let's just, the majority of businesses over the last couple of years flourished, right? Because people, um, just were price insensitive. They spent money. So whether it was a restaurant, whether it was construction industry, the real estate industry, whether it's tech companies, whether it's Instacart, right? Like all these, you saw these massive valuations for a lot of things. A lot of these companies anyways, oil, right? Like massive profits mm-hmm. and people basically got lazy with the efficiency of the output, right? said better people just got they were making enough money that they stopped paying attention to the little things that can add up to a lot and that's what i mean by that like the laziness is like because business owners business owners okay or leaders i actually think i think this extends to at least from the experience that i'm seeing right now is this extends to leaders whether you're a business owner or not so if you're leading a group of one person right? There's that, that there's that. If you are leading a team of 10, it's the same efficiency factor in there because you're getting your result, right? So if your goal was to, you know, have 10 widgets made and you're getting 11 every month, you kind of just- With less effort. With less effort, you stop paying attention. With little effort. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's human nature, but I think I, I would, majority of the companies and conversations I'm having with people and what you're just seeing in the marketplace got lazy as well. Again, it's lazy isn't that- Man, like that word is like- Triggers you? Yes. yes, it does. Yeah, yeah. I don't like it's that. It's not word. lazy that you're not working. I think it's like un unfocused and maybe um, it's a lack of efficiency and less motivated. Yeah, I just like the word lazy because I think I always, I always, if I'm being honest, like that's what it feels like to me that I just we're hitting the results or earlier we're hitting those results. You're not trying, and therefore hard. you don't have to pay attention to the things that you really don't like to do um, or that come really unnaturally to you, and so then then. We're in earlier times or in tougher times, which I think most businesses are experiencing right now, right? That they're, I don't care what industry you're in, um, there's a shift, right? And that's why you're seeing the layoffs that are happening everywhere. And what do people say? We had too much employees for what our output is. We are, we are too, I talked to one business owner that basically that runs a very large company and they said, you know what? We realized how much bloat we had in our organization and it stopped running effectively. In the minute we let 20% of our workforce go, workforce go, it actually became way more efficient again. Mm. And really what that tells, and that's what I mean by lazy or inefficiency. You don't, you don't have to use the word lazy. I just use it because it's, it's there, right? Um, people just stopped paying attention to the, the output that each individual person is doing. And I think that's individually i think people felt that too as well which is i'm still working the same amount of hours it's just maybe not as focused work or you're not spending as much time in your 20 percent. which again the pareto principle is that 20 percent of your activities should produce 80 percent of your results but the thing is if if you know if 80 percent of your activities could produce over and above the goal that was there you kind of just did what like 
more on, I feel like you just did more entrepreneurial things. The only reason why I say entrepreneurially is because you're doing the things that you wanted to do. I guess that's a better way of saying it for a lot of business owners. Mm-hmm. And they stayed away from doing things that they just didn't really want to do. Well, and then because of the leaders were probably feel, perhaps feeling that way, um, then they were not putting the same pressure on their exactly. employees. And then the employees are like, oh, I'm not being, you know, I, you know, you got to hit this. You got to hit this because. Yes. You were just hitting it anyway. Yes. Well, there was less pressure. The on goal is being hit. Yeah. And so in my mind, I was like, well, the goals are being hit. So therefore, like we must be doing it. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like you're convincing yourself that it's there and that um, that you're hitting your goals and your metrics that you've, you've outlined there. And I just I know there's been a lot of talk about Sam Bankman Freed of, of F, the owner of FTX and, you know, that the complete like rise of a thirty three billion dollar organization to basically zero overnight. Um, but one of the things that they they said uh, when they were going through after it kind of all broke and they were going, somebody went in there. I forget the guy's name. He was, he's the same guy that went into like Lehman brothers and Enron and stuff. Um, I don't know if it's an accounting firm or whatever, the restructuring firm, whatever it is, they went in there. They're basically like looking at, and one of the words they use is the lack of inefficiencies. Like they're like the lack of efficiencies. Yes. Lack of efficiencies. Um, and basically like people would like, Hey, I'm taking time off. And there'd be like an emoji. This is like lines that they would use out of the, out of the things they were using from what they reported so far. It was like people just be like, like, a, like just basically doing a thumbs up. Like, hey, I'm going to go take next week off and it'd be a thumbs up. No tracking. None of those things. Like people are like, I'm going to go work on this project over there. And it'd be like, oh, that sounds like a fun thing to go work on with no like why. Right. Like what were anybody even doing? Um, So what I'm also hearing is that there's been there was just like a lack of accountability all around. And I think that's way blown out of proportion on that side. But I just whenever I I think about that story, I just I I remember reading it. Certainly lack of accountability there. But in general, yes. yeah. yeah. Well, I, I th- and I think again that goes to again lack of accountability is a good way of using it, which is another form of laziness, <laughs> right? Like it's just it's, <laughs> I guess it's so. the same thing there. And so, I, I think one of the most important things that organizations can do right now, which is what I think you know we've at least taken the step of doing this over the last, we've been doing this for the last couple of months now too, but even more so of just looking at every, looking at your output, like where's your most efficient time that you can do, right? As your leader, as an owner, whatever that looks like. And then just getting rid of the things that just don't matter. And what I mean by that is there's so much that, and this is where people I think get trapped is they're going, but I'm still working the same number of hours. I go, I totally, you are like, so nobody's questioning. Like, are you working hours. on what matters? Everybody you're working on what matters because before working on all those things, it didn't matter because you're still hitting the results. Sure. Now all of a sudden you wake up and you go, if I still do that same output of what I was focused on, it doesn't actually, it comes to 40% of the goal now because the other sales or whatever business you're in aren't just showing up like they were over the last couple of years. So that's what I mean. People got lazy again, not like they're sitting on a couch watching a soap opera, right? They just got lazy with their focus on what actually matters and somebody helping determining that. And now more than ever, what we're seeing with, with business owners is, and people that even we're partnering with is just tell me what to do. They're not saying it like that, but they're like, give me the prescriptive model, give me the playbook so I can go run. And I want to go execute on that. So it's gone like this, this 360. all of a sudden people wake up and they go, I actually need to be really accountable. I want to be focused, right? And that's going to cycle through, particularly in our industry, in the real estate brokerage industry anyways, like the national one, 1.6 million, you know, realtors that are out there will likely come down six, 700,000 agents because all those people that went in there and got, you know, they did 10 deals, they're going to go to zero, right? Mm-hmm. Because that same, they just, they kind of haphazardly found them, right? And of course, no, they're like, no wonder why everyone's in real estate. Again, it doesn't work that way. Now I think people are realizing that. And so you're seeing people leave the industry 
heavily because their systems, their models, lack of systems, lack of models, lack of accountability, their freedom that they wanted is actually causing them to fail in the industry instead of going and getting another job or doing something else. Nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing, nothing wrong with any of this. It's just from a from an owner standpoint, from a leader standpoint, from an employee standpoint, now is a really good time to take a look at how efficient you're being. And really the key question to go in this, all of this is to sit down, Hallie, and go, is what I'm doing or what my employees are doing or what this individual over here is doing. I get that they're doing things, but is what they're doing actually matters? Like, does it, I, okay. And like, I get that there may be a 10% kind of like, if, if you're looking at like a, a hundred percent output would be like, that would be like the highest form of basically staying in your lane, right? High, high, I can operate a hundred percent in my lane. If you operate in 10% of that, it doesn't mean that you're not seeing some reward from that. You are. Mm -hmm. It's just, can you let go of that and replace it with something that's 70% reward and then 80% reward so that you keep focusing and keep nailing what actually matters, right? And and I think if every business is a little bit different, but it's, it's you're going to have to remove things that you used to be doing that you may have just liked doing, right? Because they were easy and they got the results. Those things are not going to do it. We actually put a slide up for teaching this the other day that basically said, in this market, you're naturally going to make less money. So if you want to make the same money or more money than you did, you have to do a lot of things that come unnaturally. And I think there's a really good way of saying it is if you're just naturally doing your process, being entrepreneurial um, and kind of letting those things go, you're just going to make less money. And maybe that's okay with you, right? That's and your you decision. Like, that's like entrepreneurs or companies in general are going to make less money. Leaders, keep doing, employees. Yeah. If you yeah. just keep doing the same activity that you're doing, then it's, you're just not going to produce that result in today's economic climate, right? That's every company that's out there, right? Which is why you saw Amazon just a couple of days ago, lay off a whole bunch of employees, which mm -hmm. is why you're seeing most tech companies. You're seeing, you know, Meta laid off 11,000 or Twitter laying off 3,700, right? And again, there's, there's controversy around all these things, but there's no difference, right? I think people gave Elon a lot and I'm not for or against Elon. So just, just preference that all that, but people gave a lot of like they gave, um, they looked at Elon's decision as a bad one, but I wake up and I'm like, he let 3,700 people go. Facebook laid 11,000 people ago and like nobody said anything. Amazon just laid off a whole bunch of people. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't the act. It was the how. It yeah. wasn't the what it was. Yeah, it could, that, that could be very yeah. true. Yeah, that's very, very true. Um, and I, I think he just does it in a, you know, in a, in a way that probably wasn't the most appropriate. So again, so that is, that is kind of the, the, what I'm, what I'm saying here is like everyone needs to be more efficient with their output of their time. Not once did we ever say like people need to necessarily work more hours though. You might, right? Like mm -hmm. that could be something you have to do, but my first, before I go, okay, I need to go add 20 hours to my week. The first thing that I think people should start with and go, I don't really want to add 20 hours to my week. Right. So therefore how do I become the best in the hours that I'm willing to work? Like, yeah, I mean, if I especially with like working with other team members and employees. I mean, I always just say, "Look, what do we need to s stop doing?" Yes, that's usually my first question, and not just because we want to stop doing it because we don't like doing it. It's what do we need to stop doing that is not producing any sort of real result? Yes, that's exact. That's exactly right. And so when I always start there, and then you can add on. Yes, and then when you're actually doing that, you actually are having the conversation about efficiencies. Like, so one of the things that we're doing in our organizations is sitting down with either the employee or the leaders and going. Wh who's, who's most efficient? Like, what is this individual doing? What are they responsible for? How do we know they win? Right? Like those are the questions you can ask somebody and then like, let them respond. And I actually did this a couple of days ago with, with one of our organizations. And it's funny. Cause when I asked those questions, the individual couldn't, they're like, I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was the answer. And they're like, maybe we just don't need them. Like that was, that was literally the response. Need the position. Need the position, yeah. right? Yeah. Need the position for what it is because it's, it's just not, they're not sure you can keep people busy or not keep people busy, but it's also about is it's not just about keeping people busy. It's about having an output that's, that's maximized for it. And this is this, by the way, though, this is why downturns in the economy are actually really good. This is why I heard Ray Dalio talking about this, about how downturns in the economy are actually very good for the climate and for the, the economic climate in general, because what happens is, is people become more productive mm. in the hour. Right. And that's how, you know, how Ray always talks about it, like the per productivity per hour of doing that. And right now people got lazy in their per productivity per hour. And so during contractions, it's actually very healthy because the economic output, the GDP, whatever that is, right. The economic output per employee starts to go back up. Right. And I think that's what, when you, when you, when things are just, everyone's buying everything and people are price insensitive, the economic output per employee per hour just goes down. Right. And then as efficiencies and contractions start to happen, people wake back up and go, well, hold on. We're like, we're, 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 our numbers look like what? Right. And then it's like, well, what are they doing? How, then you start looking at every single thing to be more efficient. And I, I can't help but think that that must be, that's probably something you should be doing on a regular basis so yes. that we don't get to that yes. place of over hiring and then having to do layoffs. And I mean, some of it is, some of it's out of the con- control because the market demanded that they, well, that's, a, that's exactly right. Make some right. of those yes. hires I mean, to produce and to, to capitalize on all of the buying that was happening. But I'm just thinking in general, especially in smaller businesses like ours, I guess, that's something that could happen, that should be happening on a regular basis so that, yeah. so that when you ask a leader, what is your employee doing? Yes. They always know. Or what are they focused on? What are they focused on? Yeah. yeah. How and is what, that contributing? What, how are the they company? winning? How yes. are they, yeah. How are they making an impact? And making sure everyone knows it, right? I mean, one of the things that I think we, we've done you know, we've started doing like basically an all employee meeting, right? So that every employee in a company understands what, how every, each division wins and, and how they're either winning right now or losing, what are they struggling with? And they, everyone can hear it and know it, and know what the organization is focused on, right? Cause I think generally an organization can look at things once a month and it may have to, you may continue that on for months, depending on the size of the issue, but you end up focusing on one thing that month, right? There's usually a glaring, if you're, if you're looking at it, there's usually a glaring thing that the organization needs to work on. I think that, you know know what I mean? Like it's either, again, that could be multiple months in a row, but generally there's a, there's a, there's an issue. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just means that there's something the organization can improve upon and that everybody should know like that's where people should be improving upon. Like, yes. so and no matter what your role is, you can contribute that's to that exactly one outcome. That's, yeah. that's how organizations get better, stronger and faster during a downturn is because everyone, ever, every, whenever, every time, yes. yeah. yeah. But the downturns force it because like to your point over the last couple of years, everyone, people did need to hire a lot of people in order to yeah. support the amount of business that was there. Cause they didn't want to turn away business. Makes sense. Now that business is gone. Then you have to go back and get, well, we hired all these people over the last year and a half. Now these people need to go away just cause we don't have the bandwidth, right? You always have to look at it. Like is our top line revenue, right? Or is our sales support our expense load? And before it was like, we have all these sales and we need expense load to actually support it. Now it's the opposite of the contraction. But during those contractions, you have to use this opportunity right now as a positive one of to restructure. So like you can think about it as like you survive to thrive because what will happen is it's happened every 
time there's been an economic downturn, it's followed by an economic upturn, right? And so that if you could organize your business to be really efficient, really mean, very lean, focus on the same things, when the, when the organization starts to, the economic climate starts to grow again, the entire organization benefits from that. It's like it's ready for it, right? Mm-hmm. It's not, um, you know, it's not filtered in some people over here, some people over there. I think I always go back to this, but Steve Jobs did such a good job of this in 1996 when... You know, I think he was kicked out of Apple in what, 83, 86, something around there, whatever it was. And, uh, and then he was asked to come back in 96 because the company was basically about to literally like 90 days and it was going to go under. Right. And again, when he went in there, the first thing he did is did like an audit of basically what everybody was focused on. And he realized that their Apple had 200 different things plus things that they were working on. I don't know exactly what all those were, but he basically said, none of these actually matter for our core business. And he narrowed it down to 10 and then he ultimately narrowed down the one and he took and he laid off the individuals that they didn't need positions for working on all these TVs products and all these that, other yeah, products they weren't that, that weren't going to exactly. Yeah. So when that happened and narrowed it down to a small, much large, but smaller group of people that then focused on the iPod, right? And then even today, they really only do one thing. <laughs> I mean, they've got computers and iPhones, but really it's like the same and thing. And TVs. Yeah, I know. But and, a, and a TV network or whatever you call it, a streaming service. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, they've added a few things along the lines, but you get my point. It's all on the same line and they did it over a very extended period of time. But you know, even like I saw the Amazon with Alexa, right? Alexa is like in a situation. I don't know if you saw this. I did. Yeah. Alexa was, they might be getting rid of it. Well, they're they're basically about to lose. Alexa's Alexa division lost $10 billion this year. The B billion. Yes. And basically, so they're like at this point where it's in jeopardy of, is it even going to exist? Right. And these are the inefficiencies. So what happens is, is, and I don't know if it will, I'm not, I mean, I'm not privy to any of that information, but if they did say we're not, we're no longer supporting Alexa, then it all of a sudden though, then it shifts to people that were ready to go with it. Right. So they're not going to lose 10, 10 million, but then maybe the next company that is focused fully on that, right, to go do that now benefits from that company no longer doing there. And then Amazon focuses more on whatever they need to do to be more efficient. So you see every company, instead of trying to do all these things, they narrow their focus, eliminating lines of businesses, which then gives other clients the benefit of that same thing. It's no different than like in real estate brokerage. If there's 1.6 million agents out there and now there's 900,000, there's more business for less people, right? And it's the same thing in that one. If if Alexa pulls, I'm just using it as an example, if Alexa pulls out of there, now there's more, now the, the other individual has to compete less with business for their line. And so it's just really, and again, the whole point of that is being equipped and efficient and then knowing what makes sense to actually where to put your energy on. And that's part of the whole conversation here is that when you're walking into 2023, have you done this audit in your business? I don't care if you have one employee or 4,000 or 40,000, that's what these companies are basically doing. They're taking, they're sitting in boardrooms and they're going, what in this whole department's focus on this? We'll take that all out. Well, right. This whole division. Well, we're never, we're not, there's no plans in the next 10 years to launch that so product. Exactly. So let's eliminate. Yeah. And then you may go, can any of these individuals fit somewhere else? And if not, then like, let's just, it's just, it's just what happens right mm-hmm. during these contraction times of economic climates. So I think again, it's, it, it, it can be challenging, but it can also be really rewarding if you're willing to actually do the work of actually being more efficient in turning profits during these times so that then when it starts, the economic starts to grow again, which maybe I think most people are predicting sometime next year, right? Whatever that is, summer of next year, fall of next year, when, especially when for real estate, if and when rates start to drop again, because I will say, and the one thing about real estate, um, 
there is a, cause it's one of the biggest drivers of inflation is rent and people buying houses, right? I actually saw yesterday that it costs, it's now 881 more dollars per month per on average to own a home than it is to rent a home. And typically that number is just slightly higher, mm. like 50 to $75 more, a hundred dollars wow. more per month. Um, and it's been growing a little bit, but over history, it hasn't been that much higher. And now it's almost $900 more to actually own a home versus the rent, which is, well, then again, then it takes people out of the buying pool, right? Yep. And then sellers don't want to sell because they have such low interest rates right now. Right. And so now we have an inventory problem again. It's not because of lack of buyers, because people don't want to sell their home and then pay it, you know, that, that locked in on a 3% interest rate. They don't want to go out there and now buy and have to be locked in at six and a half percent interest yeah, rate. Yeah. I mean, your payment goes up so much. Even if the house price comes down yeah. 50 grand, it still doesn't make economic sense to do that. It's so not. people go, I'm just not going to do it. Yep. Unless you're in a luxury market, which is interesting because that market, it's a cash market. It's funny because that market's still doing really well, which typically it doesn't. Uh, in these, in these times, um, because I think people that have that type of money are just, they want to buy and they're seeing actually better deals on houses, which is kind of fascinating on itself. Again. So the, the point is, is most likely there's going to be less competitors in your line of business. Number one. So now be prepared for it. And I think being prepared for it means maybe you need to let go of one of those existing lines of businesses that again, opens it back up to the marketplace for allow consumers to go after them. So you can focus on, on your core subset of what it is that actually matters. Right. And then it's, it's number two is really focused on what are my people doing? Are they focused on their 20%? And the 20% just means is, is 20% of their activities producing 80% of the company's results. And everyone can understand that. So it's just doing an audit of the, of the efficiency of each individual. I, I was just going to say, you know, I don't know if this is true or not, but I, I do wonder if, sometimes divisional leaders or just leaders in general aren't or the employees aren't that clear on totally on what there should be, what Absolutely. their 20% is. If the company is not clear on the over, what the big overall driving, because every division has their typically has their own um, agenda and that may or may not actually support the overall company. I mean, it should, but it may or may not support the one overall company agenda but it does need to start at the top and then well, I think your division think you're needs spot to support on. it. Because if somebody was also like, go work on this whole, you know, canary project that is made a name up, right? This, oh, I made that name, no, you name made, up. You made it. It's good. It was actually a good name. <laughs> Just go work on this whole canary project. But then all of a sudden the leader's like, we don't need that anymore. It's not the employee's fault. Correct. Right? Because it's, yeah. just, it's nobody's fault, right? It's yeah. just, this is what happens. <laughs> right. This is, this is what happens during expansion times. People start testing and finding new ways to go, you know, make model. And that's fine. You should do that because some companies go in there and they go, actually, our business is better suited over here. We never would have had that if we hadn't gone through this expansion to try it. Right. But it does just to me reinforce how important it is that the leader, you know, the CEO or whatever of the company is being so clear yes. on what, what the vision is um, so that every, every other leader, every other employee really does understand whether or not what they're doing is driving towards that result. Yeah. And it's, again, then this goes to number the number three, which is to make sure you have some sort of all company meeting. I think specifically right now, again, you should do it all the time, but for us, I think that's worked well is like doing an all employee meeting from just almost all the, I actually have all the employees in there so that you spend 90 minutes, two hours and everybody's hearing. Now you can have an executive meeting on top of this, but that everyone's hearing this. How, how is this division winning? 
right? What is the overall company focused on this month and how does that lead into everything? And what are goals to actuals? Like, how are they tracking? Exactly right. And then having the goals to actuals and where did we actually end up here? You know, even just when when you start filtering through the data, I think there's like, there's multiple levels of this. When you actually start filtering it, getting more efficient and more accountable to it, you start to realize that the numbers weren't exactly what they look like. And that's for any, it's nobody's fault. It's just like, I think we all, again, that's that part of that, like lack of accountability because you're hitting your numbers. So then you don't have to focus on it. But again, it's the do more market, right? So, well, and and even that, that meeting, I feel like is such a good example because each division is okay. Sure. Their goals to actuals look good. This is what they're focused on. But then you, the leader has to also look and say, okay, that divisions might be doing fantastic, but is what they're doing actually contributing again to, and it might not be, it may actually not, not be at all. And that then needs to be reworked. And we're using this as large, like divisions. You could do this as simple as like, okay, we have a business and we're running this whole marketing campaign over here, but the marketing campaign they're doing, everyone's doing great work for it. It looks awesome, but it's just not effective anymore. Well, I was just going to give you an example of, of a, one of your other small, very small companies, Founder and Force Multiplier, where we don't have a very large team, but um, we there's really three of us that, that work within that yeah. company. We are all three, I feel very strongly that all three of us are all working towards really one main goal, and that is hitting a specific number of um, new members for our new community that we just launched. Yes. We are all very aware that that is the number one goal, and now we are all doing it, uh, contributing to that goal in different ways. Um, but it's pretty much nothing else matters what we're doing. If we are not doing work that is directly contributing to getting additional members for our community, Yes, nothing else really matters. And so then, then it's very easy to not work on anything else. Or if you see somebody working on it or again, or somebody else is doing those things, it's like, did that matter? Did that actually work? And they go, and then this is always response. Well, of course it mattered. I go, okay, it mattered. Right. Did it move the needle? Right. And then people go, no. How do you feel right now about things like, cause I feel like that that's a good example. Like, um, you know, brand awareness is a long term play, right? So if you, if you, so if you're not doing it consistently over a long period of time, you'll never get the, any result from it because you won't have been doing it for a long period of time, but yet that doesn't directly, it's an indirect way to get to a goal. Um, and it certainly takes a lot longer to get to the goal. So do you say, just no, no to that right now. Well, I think, we'll have to just pick it back up later. Well, I think brand awareness will come if you, if you execute on the original goal. Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree with that. It yeah. just, it just, if you go focus on your actual goal, the brand awareness comes from consumers talking about what your brand is. Right. Yeah. Fair it's enough. It's not about you just posting wonderful things on there. That's great. And it makes you feel and the 10 people that follow that feel really good about it. But brand, real brand awareness isn't going to come necessarily from something that the company is doing it's coming from the it comes from raving fans it's exactly right and and people who are branded brand ambassadors before there is even a brand doesn't mean you can't accelerate that sure but you first got to get enough people talking about what you're doing that are excited about it and making sure that it works then that in itself is is you're all done Mm -hmm. and then it just grows from there right and then it just organically grows hopefully through word of mouth and referrals and that's ex- I mean I, I I know that Apple runs some ads I know they do but like yes. how often do they really run I mean like I mean like maybe they do a little bit more now but in the beginning like Apple just like it, it well, grew they usually had one really great one on at Super, Super Bowl. Bowl yeah and but it really but it grew because people also loved the, the product and it worked right. well and they saw their friend with it and was like what the hell is that that's exactly that's exactly even I was thinking like even morning brew right like yeah they, they you know part of that is is using their fan base 
the mm-hmm. people that are reading this every day. Well, they had a great referral re- program. Exactly, rewarding them for that. For sharing, yes. yeah. 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 I, but I, their number, yeah. but to, to that goal, their number one thing was getting email subscribers. It wasn't about building a brand. It was about doing and delivering really good content, content. on their email that people wanted to share. That's right. So in like, if you, so you go out there and you deliver on really good content inside a community or whatever it is that you're doing, right? That in itself, people want to share that. Right. And that's what actually made that company. Then you can, then of course you could focus on brand, but it's it right. And then they, they actually did start branching out in other content yes. avenues, podcasts. Now they have several different podcast brands. Um, but yes, the website, sorry, the, the newsletter is still there. Bread and butter. Yeah. And now they have 10 different brew yes. newsletters you can get. Yes. But it was always started with that one core. Yes. But I didn't think they did group. that until they had like three or four million subscribers. I, like, I mean, I was like one of the, I don't know if I was one of the first, but I was like way early in yes, on the morning were. brew thing. So I've got to see it grow over the years, which is yeah. really fascinating. But yeah, like now they have the marketing brew, the tech brew, like all of the different you know, niche audiences. But yeah, that only happened in the past couple of years, I think. Almost, I feel like the last like a year. It might have been. They started to accelerate yeah. recently. Because once you get a big enough audience, then you can filter. You can do can whatever filter. the hell you want. Yeah. Well, you can because then And they can... didn't even really have advertisers, I don't think, at the beginning. They it didn't. was very little. Yes. Very limited. But then because of the success of that newsletter, you know, now they have There's amazing advertisers. Yes. Um, and I mean, I've certainly looked at what it costs to be an advertiser yes. in their newsletter. And it's a pricey, it's a pricey what placement. Is it, by the way? Oh, I can't remember, but it's at least t- multiple tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, so like these are the things, again, for like you entering 2023 as an individual employee, and maybe as an employee, you're going, I don't have direction. And then yeah. that would be a great question to ask. So it's everybody can be accountable here, right? Mm-hmm. From the leader to the employee. If somebody doesn't have, it, it'd be a good steward of the business, right? So like if you are an employee and you don't have clarity, you should ask. Right. If you're right. not, yeah. If you're like, I've got all this th- things to do, but I don't know what the most important yeah, thing ask. is. Yeah. It should never be like you give people permission to ask. And then again, as a leader and as a, an owner, you should be doing these efficiency audits right now with everybody, really going through everybody and making sure people are very clear on what they do, make sure they know how to win, make sure the whole organization understands how you each win. And then you focus on that. I mean, that's really like that's that entering into 2023, given the economic climate we are, I think that's one of the most, if not the most important thing of a business business. So I'm, I'm encompassing everyone that works in a business mm-hmm. can do for their employees, for their empl- customers, um, for their vendors, for everybody is to get very clear on that and then start really creating that higher level of output per employee so that you create a better efficient model of your business that then can thrive as soon as your individual line of business starts to succeed again. Yeah. I just wanted to add one thing about when you're going through and doing this audit. I do think it's almost like it's like it's like dual layered because I almost think you start with, and I could be wrong, but I do feel like you start with looking at the positions, not the people. Like you start, totally. start yeah. by looking at the positions and like, do we need these three customer service reps? Do we need this whole dev team? And you're looking at the positions first. Yeah. And then once you figured out, then, you know, once you're done with the positions then you can go to the second layer and say, okay, now we have the right people in theory. Now we have the right positions. Now we need to go look at, the people and making sure that they're the right people in those positions and them being the most efficient as possible. Yeah. I mean, I think yesterday we saw a company lay off 55 different marketing positions and they did the same mm-hmm. thing. They're like, well, we just, we don't need 55 marketing positions when right. we don't even really market. So like, again, that's, so that, that's, I'm sure that's what, what it was, right. It was a decision about marketing, right. In, right. In or they're going to choose to put, it's not just that they don't need the marketing. It's that they probably can use those funds 
more efficiently. That's exactly right. With a better ROI. Or they just don't have the funds. Somewhere else. Or right. they don't have the funds. That yeah. could be that I too. Mean, it's, you don't have the funds to actually go support it. If you're losing money, that's part of the thing you can do is like you can't support a losing money forever. And um, well, I mean, maybe like five years ago you could yeah. because people were doing it, but not anymore. People are relying on cash flow businesses. And this is, these are the times, again, this is a wonderful opportunity to sit down and really optimize and organize your business. Hey, thanks for hanging with Hallie and I today and for listening to the show. However, if you are interested in getting a short email from me in your inbox each Tuesday when a new episode drops, you can. These emails are super short. I just cover whatever I happen to be thinking about each week, whether that's an article or a quote I've shared, a book I've read, or a new product that I'm loving. Plus info on the latest episode of Business Meets Spirituality. If that sounds like something you want to check out, we'd love you to. Just go to adamhergenrother.com forward slash email.